0: Learn more about Messianic Judaism and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His word. I figured I would uh, talk about today what is going on in Israel. Now, Now, look, I was actually planning to talk on a different subject and actually prepared part of that message, but then war broke out. And I thought many of you would appreciate hearing about the situation in Israel since I'm here. Now, some of you may know that I've been doing vlogs about faith and politics for over a year. And I did just one, one just last week about the Israeli conflict. So much of what I'm saying today is already was in that vlog. Uh, and if you're interested, you can always go to YouTube and put my name in and you'll see the vlogs and you'll see this particular one. But um, just to begin, I, you know, we live in the north of Israel outside of Afula, which is in the Jezreel Valley. So we're not really near the conflict Hamas rockets cannot reach our area. On the other hand, if a war broke out with Lebanon and Hezbollah, we would be inundated. In fact, this is what happened during the 2006 Israeli Lebanon war when northern Israel was hit with multitudes of Hezbollah rockets. And this was this was several years before we moved here, but many of our friends suffered during that period. Nevertheless, we found ourselves in a mess at the beginning of this conflict. Two weeks ago, we were celebrating one of our grandchildren's birthdays just outside of Jerusalem. And as we left, there were tons of cars backed up trying to get on the highway. Now, this, it was still Shabbat. So that seemed a bit odd because many Israelis do not drive on Shabbat. But we heard from our son-in-law that the main road north towards our home was blocked and, and not to go that way. He told us to circle around, take another route. So we put on ways, which showed that the way that way was also blocked. And the only route was to go towards Jerusalem. But that's the opposite of where we wanted to go. And that's where all the action was. So we had had no idea what was going on. But I decided to follow ways, which honestly is not always reliable. And it's actually put me in harm's way before. But there, there were buses creeping in front of us kind of creeping along. And tons of cars were on the side of the road and in the road itself uh, stopped with no drivers. People were milling about. Some were shouting. That's when we received reports that buses of Muslim worshipers on their way to the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem had been turned back due to the violence in Jerusalem. Many of the bus riders and car occupants simply got out of their vehicles and started walking to Jerusalem. And we were in the middle of it. It was pretty tense. Some guy got in front of us and told us to move forward and then stop. The buses were pulling over and I think because they'd been stopped. Then the same guy told us to move forward and we saw a narrow path to get onto the highway. Again, towards Jerusalem where all the action was. We pulled onto the highway. It was a madhouse. People stopped in the middle of the road. Others were driving like maniacs. We weaved in and out of these groups. People were shouting. Horns were honking. It was actually pretty scary. Finally, Following ways, it directed us to another highway and away from Jerusalem. And after that, it was pretty clear sailing. And this, this happened before Hamas began launching its rockets. The following day, two of our daughters who live outside Jerusalem took their children to a zoo. And right in the middle, sirens went off and loud explosions occurred around them. Everyone started running for shelters. Hamas had begun its onslaught towards Jerusalem. But by the grace of God, no one was hurt. But the children were traumatized. Since then, their area has was not attacked. And with that, I'm going to start on the message that I gave on the vlog. But I am, for those of you that might have seen it, I am going to conclude with things that I didn't say on that vlog. But especially for Messianic congregations, because my vlog is mostly viewed by American Christians. Now. I'm sure that many of you are confused about the recent events in Israel. News reports vary depending upon what piece of the puzzle is examined. And unfortunately, upon what perspective you and the news reporters hold. To begin, I will quote a passage of scripture that has guided me for many years from Proverbs uh, 28 verse five. Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand all. Honestly, justice is not always simply grasped. History, culture, legal systems, legal claims, and religion all play a role in defining justice. I believe a key to understanding justice is to apply the overarching principles of the Bible to all of these factors and how they influence a particular event. To understand the current conflict, It's best to begin with Israel's War of Independence in 1948-49. Prior to the war, the land of Israel-Palestine was controlled by the Ottoman Empire for 350 years. During most of that period, only a few thousand Jews lived in the land. Following World War I, the Ottoman Empire dissolved and the land of then-Palestine was overseen by the British. The British subdivided the land, granting a portion for a Jewish homeland. Jews had begun migrating to the land in the late 19th century. Following World War II, the British handed control of Palestine to the newly formed United Nations. The UN voted in 1947 to partition the land and grant part of it to to the Jewish provisional government in the land. At the time of independence, there were approximately 2 million inhabitants of whom one third or about 700,000 were Jews. The partition plan proposed land boundaries that would make the Jews about a 60% majority. The remainder of the land was to be Arab controlled and Jerusalem was to be an international city. The Jewish provisional government accepted the, 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 the partition plan. The Arab leadership in the land rejected it as well as all of the surrounding Arab nations. When Israel proclaimed independence, five Arab nations declared war on Israel, and one of the main battlegrounds became Jerusalem. Approximately 100,000 Jews lived there, including many in the old city. The war caused a huge dislocation of the population throughout the land. Hundreds of thousands of Arabs fled or were forced from their homes, many relocating to Gaza and the West Bank, including Jerusalem. Following the war, Jordan occupied the West Bank, including the old city of Jerusalem and all of East Jerusalem. Jews who had lived there fled or were forced to leave. Following the war, Israel passed laws revoking all property ownership for Arabs who vacated their property during the war, thus creating what are known as Palestinian refugees. The Arabs who remained in Israel proper were made citizens of Israel. Following the 1967 war, Israel conquered Jerusalem and all of the West Bank. Many living there were Palestinian refugees from the earlier war. And then in 1980, Israel formally annexed all of Jerusalem, including the old city and the suburbs surrounding it, much of which was populated by Palestinians. Various Israeli governments have encouraged the expansion of Jewish settlements into parts of Jerusalem inhabited by Palestinians. Now, this factor came to a head very recently when a legal case brought by Palestinians and others reached the Supreme Court attempting to block the evictions of several Palestinian families in East Jerusalem. The legal issues are very complex. However, the GIST is a Jewish settler organization registered property ownership of several properties in East Jerusalem, which had been occupied by Jews before the War of Independence in 1948, but who vacated them during the war. Since that time, these properties were inhabited by Palestinians who were not required to register property ownership when under Jordanian control. The settler organizations claims that they are the rightful owners of these properties. Honestly, the inequity of this matter is overwhelming. Arabs who left Israel proper during the war of independence lost all entitlement to their previously owned properties. Yet Jewish groups use reverse logic to claim ownership over previously vacated property in East Jerusalem during the same period, which are now inhabited by Palestinians. What makes the situation more bizarre is that the Jewish settler groups claiming ownership are not the original owners or their descendants. They are simply an organization dedicated to relocating Jews into East Jerusalem. After many years, this case reached the Supreme Court and was was to was to have been heard in early May, just a few weeks ago. Major protests broke out among the residents of the particular East Jerusalem neighborhood where the evictions were to take place, joined by many Jewish Israelis, including friends of mine. All of this coincided with the major Muslim holiday of Ramadan. <clears throat> now Ramadan occupies a full month and is a time of intense worship for Muslims. Many Muslims traveled to the Al-Aqsa Mosque on the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem. Of course, this is also the Temple Mount, the original site of the first and second temples, and the current site of the Wailing Wall, all of which creates a highly volatile atmosphere even during normal times. Now, jurisdiction over the Dome of the Rock is also complex. Is there anything not complex when it comes to Jerusalem? Technically, the nation of Jordan oversees and maintains the area through a local organization comprised of numerous groups. However, overall security is maintain, maintained by the Israeli police. Following the protests in East Jerusalem over the eviction issue and during the most recent Ramadan period, Palestinians and Arabs began protesting on the Dome of the Rock. The Israeli police intervened and huge conflicts erupted with Palestinians throwing rocks at other items and the police responding with rubber bullets and tear gas. This further enraged Palestinian groups. Then things spiraled out of control. Hamas from the Gaza Strip began launching volleys of rockets into Israel to show solidarity with the Palestinians of Jerusalem. Hamas had been sidelined in recent years. But during these years, they were building and accumulating more and more rockets. Most Gazan residents are Palestinian refugees or their descendants from Israel's War of Independence. Hamas uses this fact to maintain hostility towards Israel by promising the Gazans will eventually return home to different parts of Israel. Hamas saw a political opening to gain traction among Palestinians throughout the region by standing up to Israel for the East Jerusalem evictions and the brouhaha on the Temple Mount. Now, of course, any rockets fired into Israel are met by overwhelming force by Israel's military. What began as a legal case in some unrest turned into a full-blown war. Innocents on both sides suffer, especially the Palestinians. Additionally, for the first time in many years, riots broke out in Israel between extremist groups of Arabs and Jews. Further complicating the matter is the political stalemate in Israel regarding the formation of a government. After four elections over two years, a stable government has yet to be formed. Just prior to the outbreak of the hostilities, it looked like a new government could be formed without the current prime minister, Bibi Netanyahu. However, the hostilities probably foreclosed that possibility and have have allowed Bibi to maintain control with a caretaker government until another election is called. Among the many sad outcomes is the reality that a new government forming likely would have included an Arab party for the first time in Israel's history, which would have overseen major improvements to the Arab sectors in Israel. (laughs) Now, where do we go from here? Obviously, the Bible says that we're to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May there be peace within your walls. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say, peace be within you. It's important that we don't take sides. Everyone has a just cause here, although Hamas was an unnecessary provocateur. There's actually groups that formed around the country of Jews and Arabs together, showing solidarity for one another and calling for peace. We really need to pray for just governments for both the Palestinians and Israel. Blame can be assessed to both sides. Israel has made a lot of progress with other Arab nations in the past few years. But the Palestinian issue is the albatross around Israel's neck. It needs to be addressed in a just and righteous way so that Israel will become a praise upon the earth and the Palestinians can find their own way of peace and prosperity. Of course, we as followers of Yeshua know that true peace cannot come upon the earth until the Prince of Peace returns. But in the meantime, Yeshua said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. We need to be about the business of peacemaking. Now, that was the gist of what I shared on the vlog. But now I want to focus on the Messianic Jewish world. I think that we can assist in bringing justice and peace to Israel. Messianic Judaism has had a wider impact on the world than I think most would acknowledge. While Messianic Jewish congregations arose and exist to enable Jews who believe in Yeshua to continue to live as Jews, its impact has been greatest in the church world. In the past 30 years, there has been a wellspring of interest in churches of the Jewish roots of their faith. Much of this is attributable To Messianic congregations and organizations. I believe this has helped in fighting anti-Semitism because churches learn that their faith has Semitic roots. Additionally, the Messianic movement has helped the church become pro-Israel, again for much of the same reasons that I just mentioned. Churches become aware of God's work in establishing the nation of Israel and in restoring the Jewish people to the Messiah. The government of Israel knows its greatest friend is the evangelical church. And Messianic Jews have a lot of influence in the evangelical world. But honestly, some of the pro-Israel fervor becomes detrimental to God's purposes. It's as if the nation of Israel can do no wrong. Look, I believe with all of my heart that God helped to establish the modern nation of Israel. In my mind, it's the clearest evidence of the existence of God in the world. You can point to multitudes of biblical prophecies and see them literally fulfilled in the past 70 years. However, that doesn't mean that Israel is a godly nation. It is not. It's a nation with good and bad. Even when you read the Bible, you see the nation of Israel, even at its height, did wrong things much more so today. And guess what? The heroes of the Bible were the prophetic voices challenging the status quo, challenging injustice and unrighteousness. As I said earlier, the albatross around Israel's neck is the Palestinian issue. We can help make a difference. Messianic Jews are always in high demand to speak or share with church groups. People always ask about Israel, including the Palestinian issue in discussions can break prejudices and ultimately force a serious reckoning in Israel with the issue. Even now, the church world is yay Israel and boo Hamas. And I would never say yay Hamas. It's a terrorist organization, and it helped to destroy the movement towards peace in the 1990s. However, there's a reason. Why they are popular with the Palestinians. They are the one group willing to stand up to Israel's mistreatment of Palestinians. The Palestinian predicament is not all Israel's fault. Palestinian leadership has made huge mistakes over the years, but Israel doesn't help the situation. Continuing settlements into Palestinian areas prevents reasonable solutions that would benefit both sides. The eviction of Palestinians in places like East Jerusalem just inflames the masses. Messianic Jews can help influence the church to take a more balanced and, quite frankly, biblical approach. Okay, yes, God promised the land of Israel to the Jewish people, but that doesn't mean expelling current occupants. Even in the biblical period, the resident alien was to be treated like the native-born Israelite. For several years now, I've been involved with the reconciliation movement between Israeli Messianic Jews and Palestinian Christians. Ariel Birnbaum, he may be with you today, has also been involved. The dialogues and meetings were eye-opening and often painful, and these folks are believers, but they have very strong views about Israel's discriminatory and unjust policies towards them. One of my favorite biblical passages comes from Deuteronomy chapter 16. It says, Justice, justice you shall pursue, so that you may live and possess the land which the Lord your God has given you. It seems like the basis for possessing the land is justice. If injustice prevails, God will judge. We can make a difference by supporting Israel, but also speaking out on behalf of the Palestinians. If the church leveraged its support of the country by demanding just treatment for the Palestinians, this could lead to real change. Again, I say, quoting from Yeshua, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. We as servants of Yeshua can be promoters of peace and justice. I believe that God demands no less. Let's pray. Lord, Father, we live in a difficult time, Lord, and especially for those of us who live in the land, it's difficult. Father, it's difficult to see the reality of the greatness of Israel and so much of its glory and yet so much injustice around about us. Lord, we, we know you have the answer. And Lord, you have... Um, you have given to us the authority to help make changes, Lord, in this land, both here and afar, both in America and in Israel, Lord God. We can make a difference, Lord. Father, help us to understand things from your perspective and not man's perspective, Lord, to see true justice, Lord God, done by you and by us, Lord, and by your people, Lord. Father, we ask again that you would bring peace to your land, O Lord. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you very much.